This is Random Discourse, the podcast. So, welcome to the, uh, another episode of the Call This Random Discourse podcast, all things college football, the week that was and will be. Uh, I have Brian and Eric with me today. Say what's up, fellas. What's going on? How you doing? How you doing? Right. And I mean the the, the title the uh, title of the episode is, or whatever you want to call it. I basically let you know what we're talking about today. It's just college football, just going over what happened in week two, what's coming up week three, and you know just sharing our thoughts. Now, <clears throat> since we're gonna be sharing our thoughts, I do feel bad for Notre Dame because, you know, their playoff chances took a tremendous um, tumble or hurting. Well, I don't... It, 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 they, it, it took a, a tremendous hit. Dude, big time. Going down, big time. And I was kind of low-key looking forward to them being, being okay this year because I, I think low-key we all do. We all do. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But I, it's just one of those things. I, I, I wanted them to be good because it's, it's it, things are interesting when they're good. It, it, I should say this. Things are interesting when all the traditional powers are good. Things are very interesting because you never know who's going to win it when all the traditionals are good. Uh, that's just one of my opening thoughts. Just, just something, something I thought about. I would say the SEC struggled too, and I like the fact that BYU played phenomenal. And Tanner, Tanner, Magum, you know, had that BYU magic. Hey, it's just one of those things. Since you brought up the SEC, my friend, I'll go ahead. Since I'm the SEC uh, king over here, I'll go ahead and chime in on my thought there, and I can just say as the as a normal guy that touts the SEC and the talent and the depth of the conference, I'm very disappointed in my favorite conference. I thought it was an underwhelming performance. I think it says one. I think it says two things. One, there's a ton of parity in college football. The difference in the lower tier teams in Division One versus those elite teams is the gap is closing every year. So that's why a Toledo is able to compete with a team like Arkansas, which we wouldn't have seen that 20 years ago. But then I also think it's a case where the SEC is hearing too much about how good they are and they're not executing on the field. Arkansas was underwhelming, Auburn underwhelming, Florida underwhelming. You can go down the list. It was a very poor weekend for my conference. Well, well, listen, Arkansas and Toledo, I'm not necessarily surprised by. But every other team you just named, Auburn against Jacksonville State, uh, who was in Missouri against Arkansas State. Uh, I forget who Florida played. Yeah, all, those teams, those games, that was shocking. Toledo, like, like we talked about earlier, Toledo's a very well-coached team. Ohio has very, very good football. Very good football. So I'm not surprised those kids can play. Uh, they came to play and and shut Brett Billum up. Yep. Yeah, they, they, they did. And I think Brett Billum deserved that, though. I mean, if, I, if, he did. If we just want to talk to, to Toledo over Arkansas, I mean, we can, we can do that. I just touch base on that. He should have never ran his mouth in the in the first place. He should have never been worried about a team that that had that had no worries about him. He should be worried about Arkansas, and apparently he has he's not 
truly bought into Arkansas because if if he was, he wouldn't be worried about uh, coming out and saying that Ohio uh, talk saying anything about Ohio State. They're not even in the yeah, same honestly, conference. Honestly, he probably was looking at the Big Ten and looking at the SEC. He probably missed the Big Ten and missed the lack of competition that's in the Big Ten and 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 just got to running his mouth a little bit and talking about little Big Brother and got smashed by little brother. <laughs> I mean, like. I mean, Toledo, you, you, you're running your mouth about Urban Meyer and his program. And, you know, little brother down the street just, you know, came in and, and snuck up on you. So, you know, I, he probably he, he might be out of a job after this year. He might be looking at some at some schools in the Big Ten again man, after this year. Yeah, well, I I don't know if, if, if that's the case, because Arkansas is should be long playing their their. Um, actual football program because they don't have a quarterback. And I think that's uh, that's a big reason why they lost this game too. Because I can understand probably if, if I were to assume or even guess what Brett Bielema's game plan was just based off of just looking at the statistics. I mean, it looked like he was trying to establish that he could throw the football with his team and that his team was more than just a ru- uh, two running backs rushing for over 1,100 yards apiece the previous season. And I don't think that's going to work too well when you have a subpar quarterback. And that's what he has right now. He has a subpar quarterback. He doesn't have the talent at wide out to, to make a subpar quarterback look even average. And his offense is suffering. That's the same reason he he suffered at Wisconsin when he was there, and it's and it's the same reason Wisconsin stuff suffers right now. If we're talking about that, because I mean, the it, he hasn't recruited well enough to be able to maintain uh, a winning team in the SEC West, let alone in the SEC. You know, I mean, I, I should I should say the opposite in the SEC, let alone in the SEC West. I mean, Brett Bielema's his track record for as far as recruiting classes has been so far. Yeah, he he's found some hidden jewels in his running backs, but if that's all you got, player, you're not gonna make it anywhere. Well, well, I think any Brett Bielema team throwing 53 times in a game, that's just that. I don't I don't think that's you trying to any any team throwing 53 times in a game, unless you're like Oklahoma, unless you're a Texas Tech. That's that's not establishing the passing game that they they shut down your run is what it sounds like to me. And that's something we don't see um, with the Brett Bielema coach team. You never saw that at Wisconsin and you really don't see it typically at Arkansas. Um, I think the competition is a lot more stiff, especially in the West. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm with you. I think he ran his mouth a little too much. I think he ran it too soon. And, um, you know, if, if things, if that's, a, if, if that's any indication of what's to come, they'll definitely finish last in the West. And I think he'll be out of a job and he'll be looking back in the big 10 for a job. <laughs> so you're saying they're going to finish in their usual spot since he's been there. Last in the SEC I don't know why they were ranked 18th. I didn't understand that to begin with. To be honest with you, they haven't done anything. I mean, they, they run the ball. It's a lot of teams that run the ball, but <laughs> that they haven't done anything to show me they were 18th. I mean, going into last week. Now, okay, so let's talk about two teams that did prove their worth partially um, in Tennessee and Oklahoma. That 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 was an excellent game, it, it, and it was a tale of two halves. And, 
I, I wish we would have seen more from Tennessee. I wanted more from Tennessee, but Tennessee was the same Tennessee I knew they were going to be. And this is a big loss in momentum for Tennessee as a program because Butch Jones needed to have a, a needs to have a, a signature, signature win, win. Yeah. or a win that propels his team you know, to bigger and better things. And I think a win over an Oklahoma team that's going to quietly become a better and better as the season goes on, it would have been humongous. And well, he just missed out on that. I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, you said, oh, my fault. No, go ahead. I think, go ahead, tell me. I think we, we, we've talked about um, on this show, I've heard a many uh, college football announcers say that when Oklahoma is under the radar, is typically when they play their best. And I think that that has held up to be true. Um, and we also talked last week uh, that sometimes coaching makes the difference. Sometimes coaching um, is what propels you or holds you back. And I hate to say it about Tennessee, but I definitely love to say it about Stoops um, at Oklahoma, is that I think it was, a, it was a tale of two halves because Oklahoma went in and made the adjustments. And you know, was able to shut down Tennessee's run game and um, was able to start finally get the ball moving in the second half, you know, and, and I think Oklahoma, you know, quietly, um, you know, it, it, I, I still think they, they're going to need a little bit more from the run game, but, um, you know, they definitely have more than enough, you know, on both sides of the ball to compete uh, to possibly win a Big 12 championship. So I think one thing that I, I – it just may shock a few people, but I think I actually come away. This is going to be surprising. I come away a little bit more impressed with Tennessee than I was with Oklahoma in that game. And let me tell you why. I think to hold an Oklahoma football team to 17 points in four quarters with that air raid offense that they run, the talent that they have receiver, offensive line, and running back, um, I was fairly impressed with their ability to have such a big lead going into the fourth quarter. Where I think they really failed is having that young football team. They started playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win, staying aggressive, going after those first downs, like maybe throwing the ball on second and first down a little bit more. Um, I do think Oklahoma proved a lot to me um, in that second half, like you said, making the adjustments and, and closing the game out in overtime. Um, but I think Tennessee, if they don't let this game beat them in weeks to come, after they play Western Carolina this week, they've got Florida, they've got Arkansas, and they've got Georgia. If they go 3-0 and in those games, I think that team is right back in the mix for the SEC East Championship, and they'll be back on the national radar. Uh, I can agree, but also I, I I agree with Eric. I don't trust their coaching because that team in the the team that you're talking about, Brian, going three and zero their next game. That's a team we saw in the first half. That that was right. a team that was hungry. That was a mm-hmm. team that was attacking. That was a team that was swarming. The team that we saw in the second half, that including overtime, that got beat twenty eight to seven. That's the team that scares me. Because well, I, that's I a, think that's I, the team I think that they were scared of the has moment. been under Pitch Jones's watch, though. That's I, the team that's been. And could, hey, you you've consistently shown me what you are and what your teams are. If if, if we're just speaking of Butch Jones, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think I think you saw. I think you saw that both teams are supremely talented, and I think the difference was. Like we said, coaching at the end. One coach who's been there, one coach maybe a common force, maybe better coach. I've been here. I've been on the big stage. I've been in big venues. I've been in hostile environments. We can get this done. And a team that hasn't been there 
in what a decade it's been what over a decade since they've been good since tennessee has been legitimately good and legitimately won some big big games in the sec you know i mean i i, I think it's like we said man it's coaching tennessee's still good though they they, they got a chance they they, they okay, got a yeah tennessee is still it's still good it's still good Definitely but, in the mix. all right so let's talk about an even better game lsu mississippi state Think that that boy, Fournette, he's you don't he's think that was better than Tennessee? <laughs> that, that boy, Little Fournette, that's going to that's a bad, bad boy, super bad. Yeah, I can't, you know what? It's bad. Pardon me, I can't wait till he's able to, to come out in. in in the draft for fantasy football purposes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no, saying he's gonna be a bad man. He 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 LSU didn't surprise me. Um I, I think the game kind of went how we said it would go. Um you know both teams are again extremely talented. Um you know LSU showed what they could do on, on the offensive side of the ball early running the ball. Um I think their quarterback played surprisingly efficient in the first half. Um I feel like in the second half he, you know, same problem. I feel like he was a little timid, um, or maybe the play calling was a little timid. Maybe got a little conservative. Um, the let defense the throw the ball fourteen times, man. Fourteen times. Let's, let's just be honest. Fourteen well, times. You know, when you, you, really when you I, I, I understand when you got those horses back there at running back. I can understand that. I mean, at some point, honestly, in the second half, LSU literally was getting the ball, turning around, and just pitching it straight back to the running back. Like, hey, you take it <laughs> and go. That's what it looked like. I mean, obviously we know, but that's what it looked like, you know. And basically said, stop us. Can you stop us? And uh, Mississippi State didn't for the most part. You know, they, they got into it late. Dak Prescott is a hell of a player. Um, and, you know, he's going to do what he does, you know. And and they 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 got they got some big weapons around them, you know, showed up late in the game. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I still think LSU is it was the better team, and, and they showed that. I, I, actually, I agree with you. I think LSU was the better team. They have more talent. And I think that Les Miles took a very conservative approach into the ball game with his game plan as if to say – um, I'm not going to let my quarterback lose this game with mistakes. I'm not going to let, you know, my defense get put in bad position. I'm going to play field position, run the ball. And if Mississippi State takes a the lead, then I open up the offense. But he just never had a reason to. Um, I did think I did think he played a little too conservative at the end, giving Mississippi State yeah. the chance to have the field goal attempt. But um, overall, I think if you ask us, Miles, how he planned that game to go out, he thought it would be close. He's glad to get out of there with the win in game one. And uh, if that team – the scary thing is if that team gains confidence – Watch out. LSU may become the favorite in the West. I agree. But let me ask you this last question, Brian, before we, we talk a little Oregon State Missionary. Do you think LSU's best – has their best chance is maintaining Brandon Harris as a uh, game manager QB? I think Brandon Harris is the best option moving forward. But I think they're going to have to open it up moving forward. They're going to have to just open up that offense. I hope that answers your question, but I think they're going to have to open up that offense, get the ball to the outside more, because as it gets deeper into SEC scheduling, they're going to start piling in on that box. They're going to start putting eight in the box. Alabama's going to play that 3-4 attack, and they're going to stop the run and force the quarterback um, to beat them. And, and I don't know that he's shown the ability to do that yet. Okay. Uh, all right. So – Man, I was disappointed with Vernon Adams. He got all this hype. He got his first chance to really show, 
you know, what he could do playing somebody other than a West Coast team. And he laid a big egg. I don't care what 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 you say about his finger hurting, anything else like that. That that's not non-consequential with, with everything. He he wasn't prepared enough to be able to, to go out there and and play this game. Number one, he's only been what been able to to delve in the play playbook maybe five weeks, six weeks, seven if weeks, that. not even that long. That. They it that offense did not look like the typical Oregon offense. It was slow, it was methodical, it was very easy to read as far as it for a defensive coordinator and, and for Michigan State, obviously, because they were I, I hate to be the, I, I hate to be the optimist again, kind of like I was with Tennessee. But see, to me, that's scary. I feel like they only had about half the playbook implemented, and I feel like they were very they were slower than they normally are, and they were still in the game until the very end. So my question is, if Vernon Adams gets comfortable in that offense, and if the the coach, if Helfrich opens it up a little bit, what will we be able to do? Well, all right, well, here's, well, here's, 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 here's going to go to this week's games. Okay, and all so, right, well. Oh, you got the question. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you got the question. Oh, well, well, my 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 thing with the with with Vernon Adams that I didn't see from him that I've seen from Oregon over the past, you know, six years is there was no explosion at the position. Um, I, I at the quarterback position. I expected him to take off and run. I expected him to, you know, be, you know, going all over the field and making people miss. You know, I, I thought Oregon was gonna have that explosive big play athlete at quarterback. And I didn't see that from him. You know, and I think that was that was what uh, what I came away from with. And I don't know if that's a playbook thing, because, I mean, you know, if you're an athlete, you can run, <laughs> you know, whether you know the playbook or not. If you're an athlete, you can run. And I just he didn't. You know, so that that, that was probably my biggest takeaway from it. OK, I, I, all right. Let me not let me not be unfair before we move on. We, we have to talk. We, we have to be fair. We have to give Michigan State credit for Absolutely. actually being prepared and I have to apologize to Michigan State for backing away from my pick. I wanted to pick Michigan State so bad, but I got scared of that explosion, man. I thought they was going to have some explosion at the quarterback position, and they didn't. That That's true. That's true. Brian, you have any thoughts on Connor Cook? Did, did, did he make you feel better than he made you feel in uh, week one? I think he's a very serviceable quarterback. To me, just like you're saying about Adams not being dynamic in the running game, Connor Cook is just doesn't strike me as a dynamic quarterback. He's not going to win me a championship or win me a game. But it's going to be their defense in their running game. Um, I thought Oregon tackled poorly, and I thought that got them a lot of extra yards in the running game. But it, just to answer your Connor Cook question, I think he's very good. He can help them win a championship, but I think that uh, – I think that they're going to be a, a defensive and a running team. Yeah, I mean that that's been their mo. And Connor Cook just reminds me of a of a patented Michigan State quarterback. Yeah. All yeah. right, so let's move forward. Let's move forward to week three. Oh man, it's a it's a bunch of lovely Ooh, games. Yes, it is a bunch of lovely games. You got. Let's just start with 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 the one I'm looking forward to the most, and. I didn't think I was going to look forward to it this much after, you know, last year, last season's game was over. Cause I was like, okay, they're, they're losing, but Ole Miss, they're losing Bo Wallace, you know, and they're losing some other pieces, but they're still going to have some talent. But that Ole Miss offense right now, man, they've been putting up points. I don't care who they're playing right now to put up 70 points in back-to-back weeks. That all, that, that offense is 
rolling. Now, tell me this. If Robert uh, can beat you going to score a touchdown, he, you know he's he has a rushing touchdown. He has a, a, a receiving touchdown already. And I just want to know, if, is is he going to score a touchdown this week? Not this week. Eric? Not this Not week. This week. <laughs> nah, nah, we don't. We don't. That Ole Miss, Ole Miss doesn't have time for that play play this week. At, at the end of the day, uh, Ole Miss better, Ole Miss better figure out how to win a tough ball game. It, it's it's been uh, that that pity pat, uh, you know, throwing the ball, running the ball up and down the field, scoring seventy points. I think that's over with. Uh, maybe not for the season. I, I think they're an explosive offense, um, but I think Alabama, uh, what we've seen from them and and who they've complained against, they've also have. Uh, one of the better defenses in in the country, and they're playing at home. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, man. And, and this is a revenge game for Nick Saban. Um, I, I I think uh, I, I'm I think Alabama's gonna 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 show up, and I don't know, man. I think they're gonna force some turnovers at their quarterback position. I mean, you you, you don't have to give your pick just yet. We'll get your pick a little later. I, it's okay. Ain't nobody twisting your arm just yet. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just I'm just giving you, you know. I don't know. I might pick Ole Miss. You know, this Ole Miss defense. This Ole Miss defense knows what it can do against the Alabama uh, style offense. They know that they can play the style of football that's needed to win these games, and they based off of them winning last season. Now, this is the thing. Ole Miss hasn't won in Tuscaloosa since 1988, man, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's their only win. Their only win. That's they got history on their side in Alabama, and I just don't know if Chad Kelly is ready for his his first true test. I, I think no, I think Chad, just not sure. I think I think Chad Kelly's a phenomenal. I think I I, I tend to Kelly. agree. With, yeah, Chad Kelly. I t- I tend to agree with what you're saying. Um, Chad Kelly this is going to be his first big road game um, as a quarterback there at Ole Miss. Here's where I, where I focus on, though. To me, it's about an SEC and in just elite-level football, even your Ohio State's, the Pac-12 South, it's about playmakers. And that Ole Miss recruiting class from three years ago was number one in the, in the country. Those guys are now juniors. So man for man and the starting 11 on offense and starting 11 on defense, I think along with Ohio State, they're as close as anybody to Alabama. And with them beating them last year, they're not afraid at all. Now, if you get into the depth of the second level and the third level on the roster, you might see a little bit of disparity. But if, if, if no major injuries occur in that ballgame, Ole Miss is going to be right there. I actually think it's going to be a very close ballgame. And as long as, as Eric pointed out, as long as Chad Kelly does not turn the ball over, in the fourth quarter with six minutes left, Ole Miss will have a chance to win the game. Okay. Okay. I agree. I agree. I can agree with both of you. I, 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 I like Ole Miss. I like Alabama. I think it's going to be a real, a real tough one. But also – if we're worried about quarterbacks, how's Jeremy Johnson going to do facing LSU? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure Auburn is 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 going to win this game because I'm not sold on what's 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 their running back's name? Peyton somebody. I'm not sold on him. That's why I didn't care enough to know his name. I know that sounds disrespectful, but I'm, I'm just not sold on him like that. And that Auburn offense has left a lot to be desired as a um, as a team, and I just think LSU with the with those horses with the horse 
they have at tailback is it, they're just going to stick to their game plan that worked against Ole Miss. Why won't that work against Auburn? Because, I mean, honestly, that Will Muschamp revised defense hasn't looked that great either. I think at this point, if you're Auburn, you drop from 6th to 18th in the polls, you're, you're disrespected, and you should feel disrespected. A D1AA team came into your field, put it on you for really three and three quarters a quarter. <laughs> and to me, this is a pride game. And it's a situation where when I look at Jeremy Johnson, I'd be more worried about him if he had um, a lot of fumbles, if he was uh, really not making the right reads. But what he's doing, he's reading this first receiver, locking in on the second one, and then throwing the football. I think getting him to progress from that second read receiver and then going to the third one is a correctable thing for Coach Malzahn to do. We've seen him work miracles with other quarterbacks in both of his championship runs in the past. I don't, I'm not going to predict the game yet, but I do think Jeremy Johnson will show a ton of improvement from this week to next, even though he's going in Death Valley on the road. I think you'll see a much different Jeremy Johnson and a much different offense. I hope so. I really do hope so. I I I, I tend to disagree. I tend to disagree. I think uh, I think the LSU defense is is going to show out, man, and I, I think they they might embarrass Jeremy Johnson. Um, you know, if you struggled against Jacksonville State. Um, you know, for, for four quarters because <laughs> they went to overtime, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, I mean, you know, they, they were one play, you know, a couple yards away from going into overtime number two. Um, you know, I, I think I think LSU has, especially with this game being at home, and remember, um, I want to say Auburn put it on LSU last year too. So, I, I, I want to say this is a little bit of a revenge game for them. Um, you know, I, those, 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 uh, the, the, the boys down at Death Valley, I, I think they'll be ready to go. And, you know, so I, I don't know. I tend to disagree, man. I, I think the defense is going to show up and um, and give it to him. Give it to Jeremy Johnson. The question I would have, though, for you is can LSU be one-dimensional against the Will Muschamp defense? I, I, that's 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 what, exactly what I was going to, um, to, to, to ask as well because I'm, I'm not sure that LSU can beat Auburn being one-dimensional, especially with your one dimension being a a, a, a a rushing attack. It's easier to take away the run than it than it can than it is to take away the pass. And I I, I don't trust Brandon Harris to, to throw to those dynamic receivers that they have at, at LSU. And that's the part that's mo- most maddening about LSU to me is that they have two dynamic receivers. They have this fantastic running back and their quarterback play has been so trash. Uh, so we were talking about LSU. Yeah. LSU. Uh, I wouldn't call it trash. He hasn't really been given a chance. I mean, you know, they, yeah, I mean, I, 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 all right, let me clarify. Let me clarify. Against Mississippi state. I wouldn't call it trash. Okay, let me clarify. I'm not talking about just this season or last season. I'm talking about the season before last or the season before last. Like Zach Massenberger wasn't a world, wasn't a, a door beater. He wasn't a, a world turner. You know, he wasn't this all star. The last last quarterback that they had that was even halfway decent was what's that boy, Jamarcus Russell. And you see what happened to him when he got into the NFL. So let's be honest. I'm sorry. I think I think I digress. I we got to talk. We got to talk Georgia Tech. All right, we'll go Georgia Tech. All right, all right. My bad. We got to talk Georgia Tech, Notre Dame. And we already we already mentioned this at the beginning. You know, Malik Zaire's he's down, he's out. Deshaun Kaiser is in. 
what what is Notre Dame going to be able to do? Because uh, I think they're going to have to limit possessions, uh, limit limit Georgia Tech's possessions. They have to. They're going to have Notre Dame's going to have to find a way to, to control the uh, the game and tempo and everything else because that's what Georgia Tech wants to do. So Notre Dame has to do that right away. And will Notre Dame's defense be able to see Georgia Tech honest because? Justin Thomas is going to have to throw the ball in order to beat Notre Dame's defense. I know this. Everybody knows this. It has to happen. Can they do that? And I just I, I'm looking forward to the matchup between Jalen Smith and, and and Justin Thomas. That's going to be a big time matchup because Jalen Smith is all over the field for that Notre Dame defense. And Justin Thomas makes that uh, Georgia Tech offense go. I, I, I'm actually interested um, and not just only seeing what happens at the quarterback position, but um, just in general, man, uh, Notre Dame has been hit with injuries kind of top to bottom. You know, um, the quarterback is hurt. The running back is out for the year. I want to say they got a tight end that's out with an MCL injury. They, they got a, a defensive tackle that's out for the year. I mean, they, they, they've got a lot of uh, – they, they, they've been hit with a lot of adversity early, and they, they came through um, against Virginia. Uh, the quarterback made a big play, you know, um, the big wide receiver on the outside, you know, made a big play in a, in a, in a clutch, in a clutch situation. So, um, I mean, I think, I think Notre Dame will, will definitely come to play. I just don't know if they're going to be able to stop Georgia Tech's running. I, I don't think Georgia Tech is, has, is getting enough respect um, for what they've been doing over the last couple of years, you know, including last year and, and the only team really, really putting it on them being Florida state, uh, a phenomenal Florida state team. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm i with you. Justin Thomas is going to have to throw the ball, but I think he's going to have to throw the ball just enough. If he can run the ball effectively, throwing the ball won't matter. Okay. Yeah, so as, as you all know, I played in that exact same offense. The Navy offense is, is exactly what uh, Paul Johnson runs at Georgia Tech. As a matter of fact, he was my coach when I played in college. And um, the one thing that I find very interesting about this game, most teams that play Georgia Tech don't ever see this offense. The difference is this Notre Dame team plays Navy every single year. So everybody on that defense just saw this offense last week or excuse me, last season, week seven or eight. Um, doesn't mean they spend a lot of time on it, but they're at least familiar with it. So it'll be kind of more of a refresher than actually learning how to defend a brand new offense that they've never seen before. I do think that'll give them a little bit of an advantage on defense. And then the question is just going to become, does this kid, uh, Kaiser for Notre Dame, have the same kind of confidence going week one, week two to three? that we saw Tanner Mangum have at BYU going from week one to two. Does that last quarter, that last touchdown pass, give him that confidence to feel like he can open up the whole playbook and Brian Kelly can just let him loose and let him do what he was brought there to do? Because he is a four-star recruit. He was an Elite 11 quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. It will be. It will be. Um, I hope we have a good game. I think Notre Dame's defense is going to give us a good game. Uh, and I think, I hope, all of our games go to overtime. I'm just I'm, that we're talking about. I just hope they all go to overtime. So my boy Tanner Magnum, Mangum, Mangum. I want to call oh, the boy Magnum. That's your boy now. That's, that's my boy. boy that is my oh, boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. He's got BYU on a roll. roll. He does. I think. I think that roll. I think that roll ends this week. We'll see. I mean. It's going. You got to remember, UCLA has a true freshman quarterback in Josh Chosen Rosen, like as they like to call him. But BYU's confidence is going to be sky high, man. They're going to be sky high. They've been party crashers. Their, their last, their, their first two games this season, they party crashed and they've been upsets. 
nobody was expecting BYU to win either one of their games, honestly. I, hey, you can you can look, I'm I'm talking about Vegas when I say nobody. Okay, <laughs> let's 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 right. let's clarify. All right, just wanted to clarify because I'm talking Vegas. I think I, I had last week too. That's it. I know. Maybe I had Boise last week. No, you had Boise. I think you had Boise. Hey, we'll go over that in a second. Oh, we'll go over that in a second. We'll go over that. But I'm just saying, in order for, but honestly, in order for BYU to win this game, Magnum, Mangum, I want to call that boy Magnum so bad. Magnum PI. Maybe that should be his nickname. That's it. But, but Mangum must have a Taysom Hill like impact on the game. He he must. It, it, that's the only way that BYU is going to win this game. Go ahead, Eric. What you got to say? I know you got something I, to say. Well, you know, I think as, as much as I like BYU um, and as tough as they've played against uh, Nebraska and Boise, I just think that UCLA is a little too talented. Um, BYU doesn't run the ball effectively at all. They're only averaging like three yards a carry. And I think that against a team, um, against a team with athletes like UCLA, I think that's going to be a problem. Them, they're, they're going to be in a lot of third and long situations, um, and that doesn't bode well for them. And now, now, be that as it may, I definitely picked them um, both weeks, but it took two hail mary miraculous plays for them to win um, at the end of the um, at the end of the game. So. You know, I with with that in mind, I don't think UCLA is going to let it be that kind of game. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this: Bronco Mendenhall has those boys prepared. That's the only reason they were able to win these games at the at the end like that at the end. That and they were just prepared. That's all. That's all I got to say, Brian. What you what you got to say? I think the one thing that people have forgotten about, um, not saying us, but people around the country have forgotten about, is how well Jim Moore has recruited on defense the past couple of years. And that defense brings back, I believe, 10 out of 11 starters from last year. And they've looked pretty good the first couple of weeks. I think this is a game where you've got a young quarterback going into a very hostile, tough environment. And UCLA, a team that is hungry to win a Pac-12 championship, hungry to be in the mix for a national championship. I think I think BYU has a good chance in this game, and we'll see how it pans out. But I'm just not convinced. Even though I, I love my boy Magnum P.I., as you call it, I'm not quite sure he has the guns and the 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 uh, the horses around him to get it done on the road. Not this week. I, I you know what? Uh, it'd be nice if he did, then it wouldn't it? I mean, it, it'd be real nice if he did. <laughs> but it, it is what it is. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about um, the good old matchup that we all love to hate to watch in Stanford right. and USC. Who hates to watch that, man? I mean, who likes USC? The, the, the guy, the guy liking your, <laughs> the guy giving you all the props. Oh, <laughs> he, 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 man, nobody likes USC. Well, I, I let me stop. I, I don't dislike USC. I'm not a Trojan hater. But honestly, the last, what, five meetings have been decided by 27 points between these two teams. That's what, like 5.4 points a game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did the math. I had to know. Smart guy. Um. I just don't think Stanford is going to be able to slow down Kessler to Juju Smith-Schuster. It's not going to happen. Kessler's, throw, Kessler's completing just about 80% of his passes, 79, 78.9% if you want to be exact. And Juju Smith-Schuster already has 14 catches for 281 yards and three touchdowns. And I think this is the perfect game, and it's kind of like one of those perfect storms to where a kid just bursts on the scene 
and I think that's what's going to happen with him when, when they they play Stanford. Stanford's not going to I don't I don't trust Kevin Hogan and Stanford doesn't have the horses to run with USC this year. Now, I'm at the point now that I don't trust Kevin Hogan a whole lot either. But here, the question I would have to ask is, do I trust Steve Sarkeesian and do I trust uh, Cody Kessel? They they were great at times last year, but in a lot of big spots against a lot of their best the best teams they played last year, they struggled. They struggled offensively, defensively, special teams, and it seems like the USC that we used to know that was always dominant in those big games from 2001 to 2009. I don't know that they've shown up in big games consistently over the past couple of years. This is their first big spot of the season. I'm just a little wary to trust Steve Sarkeesian the same way you're wary to trust Butch Jones at this point. Oh, okay. Now, there's a little bit of difference. I'll say it's a difference between Butch Jones and Steve Sarkeesian. One, Butch Jones wasn't coming off of, 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 of sanctions where he was losing, you know, recruits and scholarships. So that's why Steve Sarkeesian hasn't gotten to the point yet to where he's rebuilt that USC program back to where it used to be. They're getting close because they are getting the talent coming back there. What's that boy? Adoree Jackson. Adoree Jackson's so good as a football player. They don't know where to play him <laughs> right now. They're like, all right, we're going to play him on defense some. We're going to let him kick some return. We're going to return some kicks. We're going to let him catch some passes. We're going to let him run the ball. We're going to hand the ball off to him. He's just that good. And, you know, Sarkeesian was there when they were winning big time. He was Pete Carroll's offensive coordinator, so he knows what it's like to win. So I, 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 they'll be all right. Let me, they'll be all right. Let, let, let me chime in on this real quick. I, I mm -hmm. think what um, – I think what everybody is forgetting in this whole matchup, I, you, you've made all my points about USC, so I won't go there. What I will say about Stanford is what we're what we've been used to seeing from Stanford the last couple of years is them being physical, and that's the one thing that I haven't seen from them this year. They got out physical by Northwestern. Now I'm not disrespecting Northwestern because maybe that's who Northwestern is this year, um, if we get a chance to talk about them. But um, North Northwestern out physical them and I, I don't know they i want to say who did they play last week uh stanford yeah. they 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 didn't they barely ran the ball they like I, we, when we've seen stanford it's been run the ball play action over the top i haven't seen that from them and Look, I, I don't i don't see it happening against usc i, I <laughs> man that McCaffrey fellow that that runs the ball for uh stanford is not a good running back i don't know <laughs> What David Shaw has against Barry Sanders Jr., but it's some deep seated because that kid is probably their best running back on that staff and has been since he was a freshman, and he's never been able to see the field consistently. And when he does see the field, he makes things happen. But what I don't know what he did to David Shaw. I, I really don't. And I wish he be, I wish he would find out as well. All right. No, Eric, we're not talking uh, Duke Northwestern, okay? I was prepared. I was prepared. Okay, we're not talking Duke okay. Northwestern. But you know what time it is? You know what it is time? It's time to make these picks. It's time to put it on paper. It's time to make it right. All right, so, Brian, let's just get to the loser right now, the one that made the bad picks last week. Horrible. This kid went two and three last week, Eric. Two and three. You know that, Eric? 
Jesus. He's <laughs> 84 for the you're 84, all right? You're 84. Went out on the limb, picked a couple upsets, and, and got, got beat late. Yeah. Got beat late in the games. Hey, we all took the L on Michigan State, so let's just let's just so mad about that. I'm so we pissed. We all <laughs> took the L on Michigan State, but Brian took the L on South Carolina. Shout out to Eric for you know for the Kentucky. And, and you took the we you took the L on um Get, get Temple it? out of here. Get Boise Temple State. out of here. Nobody, we, we didn't do Temple. We didn't do Oh, Temple. we didn't do Temple? Oh, no. who else did I take okay, a loss so for? Eric, oh. So that, that, oh, you? Oh, you you just took the loss for Michigan State. You like me. Yeah, that's it. Oh, oh, oh okay. State. All right. I thought you included Temple in there. Okay, as long as Temple's not uh-huh. in there, we good. All right. No, all right. So <clears throat> let's let's we're going to work our way backwards. Stanford, USC. Eric, who you got? Give me USC. Too, too much talent, too much explosion. I'm going USC big. Okay. Brian, who you got? I think it'll be a little bit closer than big, but I do think USC at home with Cody Kessler having a big game, being efficient through the air. I like USC by a touchdown. Man, I'm going USC just because I like the name Juju. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right, so BYU UCLA. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going UCLA. I I, I love Magnum PI. I love my that's my boy. He's still gonna be my boy. I think that they're gonna finish with two losses this this year. BYU, honestly, maybe three. But I like I just like what Jim Moore Jr. has done at UCLA, and he's made them very respectable. If, if I remember when US, UCLA was the doormat for um usc in football now that's not the case anymore so ucla for me eric um i'm going ucla too i I, like i said i like i like tanner mangum i i I like him i picked byu twice um i like their team um i think they'll give usc some trouble they got some big wide receivers out there that's gonna give them a little bit of trouble but um i think ultimately uh ucla is a top 20 offense um, I think that quarterback's going to show up. I, I expect something from the run game, man. Expect something from Paul Perkins. Um, I think he'll if if the quarterback gets in trouble, look for a big game for Paul Perkins. Okay, right. Who you got? Yeah, I think BYU had two impressive wins to start the season, but Nebraska and Boise State aren't really traditional speed programs, and UCLA has recruited the speed of Southern California. They've even got some kids from Texas and, and Florida on that on that roster. I don't see BYU being able to keep up with the horses for UCLA. And I think nationally, Rosen gets on the Heisman radar with a big, big game against BYU. Okay. Okay. Georgia Tech, Notre Dame. This is probably going to be the (laughs) toughest game to pick, right? This is the one. This is the one. You see, this is the toughest game to pick. (laughs) This is Because I'm going to tell you, I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm I'm not going first. I'm not going first. Oh, Brian, you got to go first. Well, Brian, you got to go first. He's going to disappear. Brian, you got to go first, man. All right, I'll lead the way on this one. I think uh, Georgia Tech and Justin Thomas is the most dynamic quarterback Paul Johnson has ever had. The defense looks good. The offense is rolling. But that Notre Dame defense, in my opinion, is one of the top three or four defenses in the country. They see this offense every year against Navy. They won't be intimidated. And Deshaun, Ky- Deshaun Kaiser – Gets it done in front of the home crowd. If it was on the road, I'd take Georgia Tech at home. I've got the Irish. Okay. You know what? Eric, I'll let you ponder on this some more. Okay. <laughs> they think you need to some time. All right. A little so bit. a little bit. 
I like I, I do like Joint Tech. I really do. I like what I saw from them last year and I and I like what they've been able to carry um this year. But if they were home, I would take them. I really would because I I don't think this kid is ready to make his first start on the road. And I I I believe in Notre Dame's defense more than I believe in their offense. And because you're just having to figure out the run versus having to stop a passing attack where the ball goes everywhere, I think that that's Notre Dame gets it done at home in a very, very, very close, close game. All right, gentlemen. Well, I, I, I've been debating this one in my mind all day um, because I feel like, like I said earlier, nobody gives Georgia Tech the respect that they deserve um, offensively running the ball over the last couple of years. I think defensively they, they have everything to, to be able to compete with Notre Dame. Um, I said off the air that, that, that Notre Dame is going through a lot of adversity. And I think that this could be, this could be the game that propels their season. I, I think this is going to be a tough game. This might be a tougher game than last week. Um, I think, I think Notre Dame gets it done. I think Notre Dame gets it done at home. Uh, they're balanced on offense, and I think if the quarterback – he's a young guy, man, but if, if he can protect the football and the defense can can slow down that run game enough, I, I, I go Notre Dame at home. All right. <clears throat> Auburn, LSU. Oh, man. At Death Valley. You know what? I, I, I honestly – I'm going with Auburn just because I don't trust LSU's offense, and I don't think Brandon Harris is ready – to 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 sling that ball the thirty the thirty times it's needed a game to to make sure that LSU stays balanced enough on offense to beat a Will Muschamp defense and I, as as sad as it is to say I, I I'm I'm going against the Mad Hatter at home you know I'm going Auburn I'll go ahead and uh, chime in and, and agree. Um, this is a strange game because I think everything on paper tells me that LSU should get the job done at home. But I think Jeremy Johnson, believe it or not, has a, a, an efficient enough game and protects the football. And I think Will Muschamp and his exotic blitzes are just going to just absolutely confuse Brandon Harris because it's only his third start and he's never seen anything like he's going to see on Saturday night. And I think Auburn gets the job done on the road. Eric, come on now. You got to make a decision, man. Man, guys, you know, this is kind of like Michigan State of Oregon, right? man. Like, <laughs> this is He's like Michigan State of Oregon. Right like, I want to pick LSU so bad. Like, I'm like you guys. I, I look at LSU. I look at them coming out at home, Death Valley, you know, uh, under the lights. And and I want to say LSU, no question. Um, but I feel like Jeremy Johnson is due. Um, you know, maybe maybe this is the game that gets him gets him going, and that that's tough coming up against a defense like LSU's defense at home. Um, I think they have the better quarterback, and I think they have the more explosion. I'm gonna go Auburn as well. All right. See, so that, that's somebody telling me I made the wrong decision. That that's what that is. That's what that <laughs> all right. So let's go. Let's get into the game. We we all let's get to no more game of the weekend. Old Miss Alabama. Eric, you got first dibs in it. Roll tide. I'm going roll tide, man. Um, y- y'all know how I feel about Nick Saban. 
Um, they're they're, they're going to stop the run right off the bat. Um, I think they're going to make the quarterback throw the ball. And I, I know they've done it against some of these other rinky-dink teams they played. They played Tennessee Martin and Fresno State, and they threw up 70-something points. That is this week. Um, I'm not saying they won't score points at all. Um, but I, I, I think I think Nick Saban uh, hold them to 17, 20 points, and they win a, win in a close one. All right, Brian. This is uh, typically a spot that I go with Bama. I mean, they're at home. Nick Saban, I'm like you. I respect him more than anybody in coaching besides Bill Belichick. That's another subject. Um, I'm, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of, of what Alabama gets done at home. Um, but for some reason, I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking to myself: the last time Alabama played a team that wasn't afraid, they got beat in the Sugar Bowl in the semifinals last year by Ohio State. And this team right here, coming out of uh, out of uh, Ole Miss, they're not afraid. And I think they go into Tuscaloosa and they get a win. And I hate I hate even thinking that, but I think it happens. Ole Miss on the road by, by a field goal. You know what? <clears throat> All streets must come to an end. This guy. <laughs> All streets must come to an end. Eric, you've been riding my coattails since we've been making these picks. Riding my coattails to a nice 10, 10 All right. record. Okay. It's gonna have to stop now. All right. It's gotta stop. But no. I like that these kids know how what it means to be Alabama. And they know how to be Alabama. And they have better quarterback play than they had the previous season when they beat Alabama. Like, if you haven't paid attention, Chad Kelly was one of the top, one of the top recruits at quarterback and before he got in trouble at Clemson. He was going to start over Deshaun Watson that is at Clemson right now until he did something stupid. So I love Nick Saban, but Nick Saban is beatable. Urban Meyer proved it multiple times that he's beaten. Hugh Freeze has proven it as well. The one thing that all those teams that have beat Nick Saban had was a quarterback can run. Can this kid run? If the answer is no, I ain't trying to hear it. We'll see. But you <laughs> you, you ain't gonna, you're not going to stand in the pocket and throw on Nick Saban. Hey, Nick Saban's pass defense has been trash. All right, so we're, we're almost at the end. We're almost at the end. Now, I'm going to let you get one last thing. One last thing you want to tell the people before we end the show. So, Brian, you've been having technical difficulties all night, and the show has been going seamless. So I'm going to let you get your one last thing in. What we got? We got Brian upset pick of the uh, of the weekend? It is going to be the upset pick of the weekend. I do want to apologize for the technical difficulties. They will be fixed. Um, however, my upset pick of the weekend is actually a mainstream game this week. Um, a team that's kind of under the radar that's been playing really well the past couple of years is the Boston College Eagles. And that being said, they have a Friday night home game against the Florida State team that did, that did not look good last week against USF. I predict that Boston College will surprise Florida State and win at home on Friday night. So everybody tune in to ESPN at some point tomorrow night. You might be seeing upset and making. Oh, but that hey, that's a bold pick right there. But I'm, but I'm with him though. Boston College is not a bad team. They're a very well coached team as well. I, okay, I'm tuning in. Right. I'll be watching. Eric, one last thing. Bro, the one last thing I got, I just wanted to highlight a kid uh, from South Florida who's doing big things over at West Virginia. I told you about him. You don't listen to me. His name is Javon Durant. 
Um, he's leading the team right now with 10, with 10 receptions, two touchdowns for 180 yards. Shout out to South Florida. Shout out to Miramar, Javon Durant. Pay attention. That's what's that, 18 yards a catch. He doing he doing it's a big play guy, man. He's a big play guy. Hey, I, I, I saw the I saw the highlights you see me. I saw the I'm highlights just, you see me. I'm just, I appreciate that. Hey, the kid attention. looks like he's going to be real good. One of the one of those sneaky uh West Virginia receivers, you know, they've been known for. Ain't nothing All sneaky right. about that guy. Nah, man. So if you're tuning in on Saturday around 12, 12, 30, well, around 12 30. You're, you're going to come across a game that that looks like a battle between two nerd schools in Northwestern and Duke. But you could be missing out on a pretty good football game in the early afternoon where there's not going to be too much pretty good football on. Northwestern has quietly built a solid program, and so has Duke. And they're, they're battling for that. who's going to take that next step. Duke hasn't been ranked i don't think as of yet maybe they were ranked just recently no i don't, I don't think duke has been ranked this year but they've been ranked in the past couple of years yeah they've like been it. ranked in the past yeah. couple of years but duke is trying to get back to that step and and, and get, make that next step into the, the teens of the rankings and i think this will be a good a good stepping stone for them and I'm, i plan on tuning in and if you ask me who i think is going to win i like david cutcliffe and his offense with duke because duke has been putting up points just saying. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, if uh, you gentlemen want to let everybody know where they can find you, maybe on social media, Twitter, whatever. I know, Brian, you don't tweet that much. So I know you got a Twitter. And hey, man, we, we all we all work regular jobs. We all do this, uh, you know, so it is what it is. But Brian, you want to let no people know where they can find you? Yes, sir. I'm working on the tweeting. I'm starting to get a little more used to it. We're getting up with the technology. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the at uh, at the cop at the CFB Guru, um, and I'm also on uh, Instagram at uh, the Guru Thirty Five. All right, Eric. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Coach E Burns, and uh, everything else is Mr. Performance One. All right, and you can always find me Darrington at Darrington G. Um, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, don't even really use Snapchat, but Periscope. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever else. Yeah. But tell somebody to tell somebody else to tune in. Uh, appreciate Carlos tuning in. You know, he's been a regular. He's been he's he's been with us and uh we got somebody else. Uh, I don't know. Eric, who, who we got? Lopez? Lopez, yeah, my Lopez. Boy, my boy Mike, my boy Lopez tuning in. Shout out to you. Thank you. All right, Brittany, appreciate you tuning in as well. All right. All right.